Hey friends, it's me, Lacey and Drew, and today we are gonna talk about first aid on the farm and some of our favorite herbs and oils and things that we use, natural tools, to help us deal with anything that pops up. The first aid kit, the urgent, emergent situation things that we use um, that we just kind of keep on hand all the time. We hope you find this useful and can't wait to share more. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Hey friends, it's Lacey and Drew, and we are so excited to talk to you today about natural tools that we rely on on our homestead for, you know, any number of things that might pop up. People ask us all the time, what are our favorites? How do we use them? And so we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit and hope that you get inspired and are excited to know that we can use nature for almost every potential emergency that might pop up. Yeah, so our bodies are natural, and to me, it makes sense to use natural products. Now, if you're a child of the 90s like we are, (laughs) it it wasn't really thought of, like, I don't know, at least where I was growing up, we didn't really think about using natural products. It was like, what was it, like Bactine? Was Bactine a thing? I feel like a spray that you Um, sprayed on stuff. There was some kind of pink something that at the nurse's office they always put on everything. Uh, Oh, iodine? But honestly, I feel like iodine is maybe a good yeah, option. I don't some, know if they use that anymore. There's something you put on rashes too, right? That, that pink, pink stuff. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, the pink stuff. We Pepto-Bismol was like a staple. I think that some things were actually natural to start with. And then over time, because it made it cheaper to make and, and easier to patent, they would start making it in a laboratory. So like... You know, Vicks Vapor Rub is now a petroleum-based product that has no naturalness to it at all. But when it was invented back, you know, I think Greensboro lays claim to that. But I think it's actually African-American tradition that was they used on, you know, plantations, herbs and things that they would find around in nature and they would make this beautiful salve and now you know it's not natural at all but you can go back to nature and what that what that means is because your body's natural because these tools are natural they actually heal and promote healing in a totally different way in a more holistic way and in a way that's not sort of hampering something from happening but encouraging the right things to happen and i think that's really exciting yeah i mean i think ultimately like a lot of those are just masking the symptoms where this a lot of times yeah yeah. where the natural products your body sees it knows what it is and knows how to use it or turn on what needs to happen yeah because i mean what will happen if we use these more pharmacological things a lot of times is we interfere with the body's natural inclination to heal and that throws everything out of whack and so then a lot a lot of times we'll see these other things pop up whether it's you know an allergy or a gut issue or, um, you know, people now are dealing with these inflammatory diseases that a lot of times I think just have to do with our interfering with the body's 
I mean, our inflammation is naturally a way of trying to heal our bodies. And when our bodies get all confused and out of whack, that gets confused and out of whack. And so if we can just kind of turn off our need to first turn to the Walgreens and now just turn to these products that we can find either around our homes or in our homes because we've stocked up on these natural products, we're just going to be better off. Yeah. So I think like ultimately uh, most of our natural healthcare, we've boiled down to essential oils. Like yeah. it's a lot of it. And I think one of the big reasons for me is it's easy to use. Yeah. It's easy to teach the kids to use. It's safe. Mm-hmm. and it's effective so it's like you know it's just a super quick like what's in the drawer what am i dealing with what's in our essential oil drawer mm-hmm. let me get it and use it mm-hmm. and we've trained our kids all the way down to the five-year-old yeah. on how to do that fast so that primarily that's what we'll talk about because i think it's just you know there there's such an array that you can use mm-hmm. of essential oils and there's almost you know aside from like a limb falling off, there's an oil for, you know, oil for that. And I will say too, that even though we have kind of some other outside of the oil realm products that we, we use or that we especially use before we were really introduced to the power of essential oils. What I love about the oils is first of all, we've aligned with a company that we trust and we know they, they meet our standards in terms of harvesting and collecting and working with farmers and all of these different pieces of the puzzle that we think are super important. But when we shop the supplement category or the, the herbal remedy category, in general, it can be difficult to find a trustworthy source because it's not a well-regulated market. And there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I feel like the more regulations doesn't mean the better. It can mean more interference. It can make it harder to get access to products that are actually really high quality. But because I trust the company that we use, then it makes it easier for me to source these products that I trust. So keeping that in mind when you're shopping this the, like broad, vast, natural remedy market, it can be really tricky and you do have to, as a consumer, do your own homework and research because no one is really doing that for you. So I highly encourage you to kind of deep dive into whatever tools you decide to use that are in the natural product world for that reason. And I, honestly, I like it that way. I like it being somewhat unregulated and I like it being consumer driven because I think as consumers we should be the ones responsible for the tools that we're using in general. I mean from food to you know the the materials we use in building and all of these different things. I think as consumers we need to sort of take more responsibility on in that way, especially when it comes to our health. Yeah, and if you got questions like we we've been really diving in this for years and years. So if you've got questions and you're not even sure like where to get started, shoot us an email or a message. It's info at the schoolhouselife.com mm-hmm. or find us on Facebook, send us a message and we'd be happy to like kind of point you in the right direction on all that. For sure. We have years and years of experience and in all fairness, I mean, and it, proof is in the pudding and we have been able to avoid really needing a family physician for a long, long time. So yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. But all right. Dive into it, Lacey. Diving in. Oh, the other thing I will say, because you mentioned that we mainly use essential Back oils. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're an essential oil user already, I hope you're going to get a lot of information from this. But one, I'm going to encourage you to keep using those oils because the more that you get familiar with these oils, the more you're familiar with the plants around you in general. So even though, you know, I rely on the oils that somebody else makes for me because it's a pretty intensive project to make essential oils, we know now more about the oil or the plants, the herbs, the the things that are growing around us as a result of using these products because, you know, we learn. We learn what peppermint can do for you and grow peppermint, right? We learned what oregano can do for us and we grow oregano. And there's that's a lengthy list that, you know, when we're talking about these oils, you can grow the plants and get a lot of the same benefits 
benefits from growing the plants as well. You're just getting a really concentrated amount, a really pure source when you use the oils that we're talking about. So, okay, now we'll dive into some of the emergencies that we have on a regular basis that um, we also have the tools to deal with, right? Yeah. I'm gonna start with something that recently happened to me specifically. And and the funny thing is, is that the kids have emergencies too, and you know, more my five-year-old than anyone, but for the most part, I don't always know about them because they deal with them on their own. Yeah. So when we're talking about like, our goal is to really help people feel more self-sufficient. I mean, we're trying our hardest to raise self-sufficient children. And and I can look at them and be a little bit surprised at how well they can, they're able to manage their own situations on the regular because we've given them tools that are meant to be simple and easy and accessible. I mean, created specifically for us to be kind of in alignment with all the time. And we're only separated from that because the systems that be encourage us to be separated from that. So a lot of this is just sort of taking back control of our own healthcare. And, and I think we've, you know, we've got that happening for our children in a powerful way. So now I'm going to introduce smiling at me. You can't see it, but he's like, okay, on with the show, on with the show. <laughs> All right. So on with the show. So the thing that happened to me the other night is I woke up with a sore throat and it was just feeling very kind of closed off and the fan was going, we had the windows open because it happened to be a cool night. And I think all of that combined just made my sinuses clog up and my throat clog up and get a little tight. So I woke up and kind of went to the oil drawer and started grabbing the ones that I know can be really good for that. And I'll tell you the thing that worked the best was I grabbed tea tree, I put it in a shot of water and I gargled that for a few minutes. And once I spit that back out, my throat already started to clear. I laid back down and went back to sleep. And it was clear the next day, no severe situation popped up ever. And I, that combination actually works almost every time there's any sore throat involved. And we have not had any of those more chronic issues pop up because we've kind of nipped them in the bud with this really simple tool. And even using the on guard on the throat on the, or I'm sorry, tea tree on the outside of the throat or on the tip of the tongue can be a really powerful way to deal with this issue if it pops up. But we've avoided things like strep throat, I think as a result of, you know, having this early intervention that just kind of, like I said, nips it in the bud. Well, I use tea tree also just during allergy season when you get that like nonstop <clears throat> itchy throat. It's my go-to for that is <clears throat> just rubbing it on the outside of my throat. It's <clears throat> really simple, like just a drop on my hand and then rub it on my throat mm. and that's it. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that you can do with tea tree. I mean, it's kind of endless really. Yeah. It's an antiviral antifungal. I mean, it's just got a long list of things that it does. And I mean, all of this too, like we can say this all we want to, but if you want to dive into some, you know, clinical research, you can and find the studies where they actually have done this in a lab to see what can be done with tea tree and how powerful it is for a myriad of different things. So um, I encourage you to check it out. Another great tool that we use on the regular is OnGuard, which is just a blend of uh, a combination of different essential oils that are all powerful. For you got to tell the story. So, <laughs> so originally this blend, it comes back. This could be true. It could not be true. It doesn't really matter, right? Dates back uh, to medieval times. Yeah, dates back to medieval times. During the bubonic plague, there were three grave robbers that were essentially robbing all the people that were dying from the bubonic plague. So maybe not really robbing them. They're just taking what was left. Pillaging? Pillaging. And a king found out and basically threatened their lives unless they shared their recipe of how they were surviving this. And that recipe is what is on guard or thieves oil is the 
other name for it. Yeah, but the combination is yeah. pretty straightforward. It's just yeah. clove, rosemary, eucalyptus. What am I forgetting? Wild oranges in on guard. Cinnamon. And cinnamon. And when we first got into essential oils, we were like, we'll just buy all those and mix up our own. And we did that for a while, but it's way easier to just buy the pre-made, pre-made blend now. At there the is right, an art to blending. If right you don't ratio. know, that's one of my favorite things to teach, but it's not like you just dump a bunch of things together. You kind right. of have to yeah. know the ratios yeah. and whatnot. So, but yeah, on guard is a pretty incredible oil and I really do feel like it's a shield like you know I put it on behind my ears when we go in, in large crowds when I go into the store we have a hand sanitizer we have a hand wash I mean it just is a really great tool to actually clean surfaces without killing the things on the surfaces now it'll kill germs and it'll prevent those germs from taking over but it actually promotes the kind of healthy balance which is what we really want to look for we don't want to wipe anything out we don't want to sterilize we want to we want to balance yeah so it's great. All right. In a completely different direction, I feel like a good homestead one is the poison ivy. Ooh, this one, especially this yeah. time of year. This time of year, <laughs> if you're in the south, I don't know. I feel like northern, northern poison ivy doesn't seem to be like as serious as southern poison <laughs> ivy. I don't know. But so we use a blend called deep blue. And you basically, it's like it comes in a lotion or an oil. And we put that on the poison ivy and... That's the end of it. Yeah, it's cooling, it's soothing. It, it just, just takes the takes itch the away. Itch out. Yeah. yeah. And it promotes healing so that it, it clears up fairly quickly. Now, we have a friend that has a child that gets it, and it's just ridiculous every time she gets it. So, I do think a little bit of it is your skin type. Like, some people are like deathly allergic yeah. to it. Yeah. For those of us that are like normal allergic to it, Deep Blue works great. Right. For it. And I, we also have a salve that works really well too to help kind of just promote healing on any number of things and this is something we make from scratch and we actually include comfrey in it but also frankincense and tea tree and lavender and that is one of my favorite salves it's a lot like a sort of a neosporin option and then also we have a pre-made blend that we buy straight from the company that we work with and it is called correct x and it has a combination of oils that are really powerful healing tools and again that's something you can apply straight to a cut or a scraper or a boo-boo and just promote that healing factor and use that in Instead of neosporin. So one of the things that I think is a really a big issue, a lot of people know about this, is that we use antibiotics far too frequently in our culture. We have it in our hand wash and we have it in our neosporin and we have it in, you know, a lot of times we take it because we go into the doctor with some kind of ailment and they say, well, just take a take an antibiotic. So these things are actually in our water system and they're really attacking our gut in a really strong way. And the more we can avoid them when we don't need them, when they're not necessary, the better off we'll be, the stronger our guts will be, the less likely we will be to be, you know, taken down by a bacterial issue. So it's really important that we just have awareness about that and try to avoid as much as possible. And if we can promote healing in a different way, we should take that route instead. You can start by, if you're interested in learning more, start by studying just the microbiome. That really kind of helps you understand mm -hmm. microbiome of the gut, microbiome of the soil, all of that is connected and we need that healthy and strong and antibiotics are, you know, their goal is to kill it, which in some cases might be okay. But like Lacey's saying, all the time being bombarded by it is mm -hmm. going to make people unhealthy. Well, and even if you, you know, if you have to take an antibiotic, it's really important to come in behind that and try to replenish that gut bacteria or you're going to just be on this endless cycle 
of illness because because your body won't be able to kind of build up the, the right bacteria. A lot of times what happens is after we take antibiotic, a, a lot of the bad bacteria kind of takes over and because we aren't flushing ourselves with that and, and kind of inoculating ourselves with those bacteria that are, they seem like, it seems counterintuitive to put bacteria in, right? But we're learning more and more about how important that is and how the right foods encourage that, you know, probiotics and fermented foods and, you know, sauerkrauts and things that we as a culture have kind of gotten away from. It's starting to become more and more popular because it is such a healthful benefit and it is something that's really crucial for our overall gut health. So if you're using or have used a, an antibiotic, I really encourage you to kind of rebuild back up and then also again, avoid if you can. Okay, so that homemade salve, if you're looking for that recipe, I'll tell you, you can go to oildorks.com and find that recipe if you wanna make your own salve. It um, also works great as a diaper cream. We used it for a long that's time. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Diaper cream. Diaper cream. It also, you can use that salve base to make any number of different things. So we have a blend called Breathe, which is incredible for coughs and just opening those airways. Again, this is more like a natural version of that Vicks that we were talking about earlier. And you can add that Breathe into your salve and use it like you would use that Vicks Vapor Up, right? Or we have a pre-made option as well that's a, a Breathe stick that you can rub on much in the same way. So you have some alternatives. If you're really into making your own, you can cut costs that way. Um, if you would prefer just to have something convenient you know I'm all about that a lot of times too we got to pick and choose what we're going to do and and that's a really great tool to have access to now pain is something that as a farmer we deal with pretty regularly right Drew might pull his back I might overdo it in mulching one day you know just every chore is different every day so we aren't really on a consistent routine in terms of like I'm using the same muscles over and over again one day I might be using my back the next day I might be using my glutes you know it just goes round and round and that's a good thing but it does mean that we get soreness on the regular and we have tools that are pretty powerful for that deep blue again we talked about that for our any kind of poison rash ivy. really but for yeah. poison ivy is is actually intended to be sort of a muscle relief amazing pain relief kind of thing tool so we use that a small amount massage that either the oil or the the rub which is the lotion into the area what else do we use for, for well i was just thinking like what, deep blue is basically a blend of white fur what else is in it frankincense Mm -hmm. Blue tansy. Helichrysum. Helichrysum. Yeah. So it's like if you're looking to make your own blend, the white fur I think is one of the important, and frankincense are, you know, really important for helping cut out that pain. And then as far as other things, uh, copaiba is another essential oil that we use for mm -hmm. pain and turmeric. Turmeric mm -hmm. helps cut down on inflammation. So essentially most pain is some form of inflammation. Mm -hmm. So if you can cut out the inflammation and allow your body to heal, that takes away that pain. Mm -hmm. And frankincense, In theory, anyway. yeah. frankincense <laughs> is a powerhouse too for folks dealing with something that's a more like long-term pain issue. You can take frankincense internally, put it on your tongue and get a lot of benefit from it. It metabolizes a little differently that way and can be really powerful. And plus it has a myriad of other benefits. Frankincense is just a, a miracle oil. So a really great tool to have for all of these different things as well. And then we talked a little bit about coughs or, or respiratory stuff. Breathe is a great tool, tea tree a great tool. We have another blend called Digest Zen, which is specifically for actually digestive needs, but can actually help break up, break up and um, help you digest the mucuses that cause all these issues. So Digest Zen is another really great tool for multiple reasons. It's also one that, you know, often, and I tell this story all the time, so if you've heard it, sorry, <laughs> but my kids will come and they'll be smelling like Digest Zen and I just, you know, say, does your stomach hurt? And the answer is always no, not anymore because they dealt with that issue, right? And they usually just put it on their belly button and they're good to go. And often it's just to help them 
you know, have a bowel movement, but you know, sometimes it can be more severe and it really can help process and calm and soothe all of those digestive aches and woes. And that has like fennel and peppermint, which we're growing fennel in our garden, which is really cool to like be able to see that and eat that. Like the kids like to eat fennel Mm. because it's like sweet. So what else does it have in it? Peppermint, you said? I don't know why I can't think of cardamom. A lot of the things that you maybe ginger, you would think of on your own as a good digestive age. It it just kind of combines all of those into a powerhouse. Right, right. Yeah. So in a different way, kind of on the homestead, I mixed up a fly spray for the sheep the other day and then realized that it also works really good for people. (laughs) So it's kind of, it's fun with all of these natural products. Like you can spray them on your animals. You can spray them on yourself. You can spray them them on your two-legged animals. I mean, ultimately most animals are kind of the same and their plants are put here for them to like survive by, right? So it's like taking that and just harnessing their power and being able to give them to to the animals the same way a lot of times. And really you just want to think about size. So, you know, people ask about dogs and cats and sheep and chickens and really thinking about the size of the person you know if you're talking about an infant you're going to use less or dilute more for an infant and just like that with a chicken you're going to use less and dilute more compared to you know we have 150 pound pyrenees and he can use just as much as i use right right so, yeah so yeah you have to just kind of put that in perspective but you know if they're dealing with something that they you know antibiotic issues we can help them by using the oils that have those kinds of properties like oregano or on guard and then if we're talking about dealing with the animals you know maybe they're dealing with flies like drew said we use the same oils we would use for us right like yeah what do we use for that yeah so the fly spray i made was a lemongrass citronella lemon eucalyptus patchouli peppermint and then i put in like i put this in like 16 ounce spray bottle mm-hmm. and then i put in just a tiny bit of castile soap i think like the recipe i found online somewhere and then i kind of adapted it but the castile soap i think just kind of helps it stick and stay around on the animal or the person Mm. but we went from having like crazy flies on the sheep it was just a crazy fly week Mm. to them not having any so in if they do pop back up that works every time give them another spray yeah yeah and i mean it works for us too so we can spray that on ourselves and it also repels mosquitoes and ticks and all kinds of things so lots of really good it's fun to just put it in a big spray bottle and just kind of have it like now it just floats around on the farm with a couple of them actually yeah Yeah. so you know you find it or guests come over you can just spray down and you know it's super cheap to make yeah. I actually like to leave a bottle kind of hanging down on one of our trellises in the garden so yeah. when I'm out there because I don't always remember to put it on before I go out but then I'm out there slapping mosquitoes and I can turn around and grab this yeah thing. and DEET is really bad for you I mean the yeah. studies on it like people coming back from the Gulf War and oh, it's you a know, neurotoxin yeah and all um, kinds of cancerous issues with I mean it. I remember growing up I used to put DEET on we I lived in Florida and we put it on and I remember my skin burning yeah. But, you know, it was that or lots of mosquitoes or, you know, at the time the fear was malaria, which I don't really think was a huge fear, but <laughs> that's how they sold deep. <laughs> so pick a fear and promote it. Yeah. But so I feel like that we've gone. Yeah. The only thing we didn't touch on was headaches, which I feel like is just something to really yeah. quick touch on because it's such an easy tool. Deep blue we've talked about. Also Aromatouch is another blend for, for sort of just like soothing, warming. And so I kind of will layer those two things on my neck a lot of times with headaches and that helps a lot. And pepper 
garment across the forehead and on the temples is a kind of a miracle worker. So I'll just keep a roller of that in my pocket a lot of times when I'm fighting off a headache. Also great for nausea. And a lot of times those two things kind of coincide. So it's just really great to have that tool. A couple of other kind of on-hand tools that we have generally all the time for like bee stings and bug bites and that kind of thing, because it's another major issue that maybe will pop up on the farm. Lavender for sure is a great tool for those things. So is tea tree. And then also just some things around the farm that you, we don't have an essential oil, but they work really good just to have on hand is the comfrey I mentioned. We put it in our salve. And then we also have plantain popping up all over. I highly encourage you to become familiar with plantain. It's a, a really convenient thing because it grows so prolifically in almost every region. It's easy to access. Usually it's wherever you're, you're at if you got stung and you can grab it really easily, kind of mush it up until it's juicy. Um, you can chew it even and then put it on whatever and it takes the sting out pretty quickly. Yeah, we were, I can't remember where we were. I think we were here somewhere during farm camp and uh, we went back in the woods and my legs got bit up like crazy. And I just sat down back up at the schoolhouse and picked like a few leaves of plantain and mm -hmm. mushed them up in my hand and then just kind of spread that juice on the all the bug bites. And I was amazed at how quickly the itch and pain went away. So it was like, it's one of those simple tools that you know works, but like, you know, you kind of forget mm -hmm. until you use it again and you're like, wow, that really did work. Yeah. Yeah. And then also colloidal silver can be a really great tool as well. So it's very gentle and you can spray it on wounds. It's one of those ones that, especially if there's an eye issue on a sheep or on an animal or on a person, it's one of those really great tools that we can spray in directly in the eye and it's not going to cause any pain, but really can help clear up issues because you wouldn't want to use an essential oil there. Ears are another really sensitive place that a lot of times if there's a bug bite or something, colloidal silver will be our go-to just because it's a, a much more gentle kind of tool so and if you talk to somebody that's afraid of colloidal silver they're going to tell you that they read an article where <laughs> some guy turned blue from using colloidal silver too much and that guy used like a ton he was drinking of, like a gallon a day yeah or something. it was ridiculous. so using colloidal silver on the regular <laughs> there's nothing to worry about that that's a ridiculous, almost like urban myth, but yeah. I'll save you the trouble of having to go down the rabbit hole of reading about it all. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you really can find those kinds of articles on all the natural things. And I, you know, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories about it, but I do think that, you know, everything you in moderation, <laughs> different, different call, um, everything in moderation, if we're using the plants, you know, it's kind of like eating the same thing for dinner every night or all day, every day. Of course, that's going to cause issues. So we want to mix it up and we want to try new things and we want to just kind of not get too entrenched in using you know like a whole 15 ml of lavender every day we want to use a little bit here and there and it's less than a drop we're talking about generally using when we use these products so you know you just use discretion and there's lots of safety we can we're, we're here to help if you have a question about that but generally speaking when you're talking about the safety of these products versus the safety of a pharmaceutical or even things just over the counters at the drugstore there's just no comparison so we do have some really great options um we'll link to them from the from the show from, notes. from the show notes and also from the website the schoolhouselife.com but we you know we offer a really great set of products that kind of is like a first aid kit all in one called the cura collection i'm really excited about this it's a newer option and it's just kind of like you open it like a cabinet it keeps it all stored in one place and it has it just hits on all of these different things and you're kind of good to go in case of anything any of these things popping up but you know we're here to help you if you're eager to get started and and don't know what that looks like and just have questions then please please reach out yeah 
Thank you for listening and please share this on your social media platform. Tag us in post and leave us a review. We'd love to know what questions you have. If there's something else you want to hear about or more specific, put it in the review and we'll make sure to get it answered. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in.